0: have taken an ambulance i'm milling about with garrett dillahunt and he's starring in ambulance hi hey how you doing you I have got, the- I got a new
1: look right now so sorry this is uh, i love
0: it you have a good head
1: yeah luckily right i was nervous i'm in kentucky shooting a movie and like well let's
0: try shaving my head i <laughs> kind of dig it wait okay. what's the movie you're shooting in, in kentucky
1: I can't tell you yet. I'm sorry. I want, it's, it's not, not because of me.
0: They're just like, everybody be
1: quiet and whatever.
0: All right. Uh, right. You you got this movie to talk about. And first of all, what a thrill behind me, this dog.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, how cute he is. Oh, look at that head. Look at the size of that thing. And we were in this period, you know, or vintage Fiat you know, standard transmission. It was really hard to shift around his giant paws, but we managed to squeeze in there. It was hilarious. This is your Turner and Hooch moment. <laughs> That's actually Michael Bay's dog. It's one of, he, has, he has two big dogs. He tries to sort of stick into his movies every once in a while. So this was his idea to stuff him in this tiny little car with me. <laughs> the whole right side was slobber. You couldn't see
0: it, but it was just all slobber. Oh... Like, was his real name Nitro or they just changed it? You know, I think so. No, I can't remember. I think it is. I can't imagine like, again, with this tiny little car with this huge head.
1: <laughs> he was game. It was, it was hard to get him in the front seat, you know, cause there's not much room, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd get in and his ass would kind of move around by me. And then he'd kind of be sitting on top of the seat and then he'd be half in the back and half in the front. He's huge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever had so much fun being in the middle of of two people like this in my show, you know, and this is just virtual, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There would be no room for you in real life.
0: So how much fun is this movie, Garrett? It's just like a
1: thrill ride a minute. It is, I saw an, an early cut at Michael's house. And he tells me it's even better since the one I saw. So I can't wait to see it. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to make uh, any of the premieres because of this job, but, which really bummed me out because uh, I, I always seem to have something going on when it's the, the fun big ones. Uh, but I'm real proud of it. And uh, I'm not surprised people are responding positively to it. I, I think we did a real good job. I'm, just, I'm happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, and of course, there are all these little nuggets, like throwbacks to his movies. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking about?
1: That's right. I can't remember them all. I don't know if I had any in my scenes, but uh, boy, it's great. And I, and I love the sailing moment, you know, the carpool karaoke moment. He he layers in humor, you know, unexpectedly. that sort of just bleeds off a little of the tension for a second, lets the audience catch its breath, and then he's right back with the... Body blows.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, lots of those, lots of those. And your character rides in this really cool, like police, like tricked out car. Yeah, it was
1: pretty fun. It was, if you got to ride around in a car, it's pretty cool to be in a comfy one like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they built it just for this show. There's, I, I, I suspect work, if, if I was to work with Michael Bay all the time, every single movie i would say well there's some technology he's using that's never been used before like every single time i i feel like that's how things go with him he's got a brand new camera a new kind of drone or like the greatest drone pilot in the history of drone pilots you know flying under you know jumping cars and stuff it's just it's he's amazing technically
0: yeah how, how are you with gadgets and technology and all that kind of stuff? Well, I enjoy them, you know, and I, I think
1: I don't have kids and I hear that's, that's a big problem. And But, I, you know, I'll be happily using my phone and then someone will say like, you know, you can just do this. You know, it's, it's like that with me, like, oh, oh, that's that saves a lot of time. You know, so that's kind of how I am. I, I, I like it and appreciate it, but I know I'm starting to fall behind a bit. So I got I to gotta catch up.
0: Yeah, I think that um, your career is so diverse. And I've been following you since Raising Hope. That's when, I mean, even before Raising Hope, I know you did a lot of work. But it's when I saw you as like the dumb actor type thing in Raising Hope that I fell in love with you. He's a sweetheart.
1: You know, he, he had street smarts. And, uh, and, and a good heart. I, I really enjoyed that, that experience. Uh, and Greg and I have remained friends. Uh, Greg Garcia, who created the show. In fact, uh, after I got out of Fear the Walking Dead, I called Greg. And I said, listen, man, I, I'd like to have some fun. Let's do something. And so we wrote another show. And he and I produced it and shot it last year in, uh, in Pittsburgh. It's called Sprung. And we'll probably drop uh, on Amazon or IMDb TV or one of the Amazon owned streaming platforms uh, late summer. I'm really excited for you to see it. I think you'll like that too. And Martha Plimpton is also in that.
0: I know. You're reuniting
1: with her. That's great. Did, did I just like spoil a future question you were going to have? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is it like to reunite with Martha Plimpton? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's a dream. It's a dream. I, I, I've worked with a lot of great people in my life. I've been very fortunate. sorry, hot rod going by. Um, and uh, Martha is just, she's just baggageless. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'd never met her before Raising Hope. I don't know how, cause we were both sort of theater kids from New York. Um, <clears throat> I mean, she's literally from New York. I just mean, I went and moved to New York and did a lot of theater. And we know a lot of the same people, but we never met. And, it was just so easy to work with her. You know, she's just present when I directed her in an episode and got into the editing room, you see how many little things she does that bail you out and make things even better. So when she showed up on, on the set of sprung and she started, you know, saying saying those words, it was just
0: like, ah, (laughs) we're in good hands. We're going to be all right. Ah, you have wonderful chemistry. She's great. Yeah. Talk, you know, what's so cool about you is that I feel like you've got a lot of friends in the industry and, and you kind of reconnect with them over the years. I mean, talk about that, how how important that is.
1: Well, I like that.
0: That's the impression I have.
1: I, I, I hope it's true. I, I always feel like, you know, my I, I love working with people again, but my friends are talented. My friends are also busy and you know, you create these family kind of units every time you do a film or a television show and then, and then you disperse. And it's always this bittersweet moment and you hope you'll get to work together again. And uh, it's difficult. You know, I, sometimes you call and most of the time you call and they're busy too. And, oh, I wish I could and, and vice versa. So I, I, I'm glad that it, that it looks that way from the outside because, you know, I, I, I'm nowhere without... Uh, the ensemble you know we need fans and we need ensemble right you know we need a a like-minded group of people who just want to tell the same story it's always better and I think uh, it's a way to sort of promote longevity and I hope I get to work with uh, I love working with people again and again
0: yeah I'll give I'll give you a couple of examples from my little deep dive that I did um, you were in the film Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt, although you were not credited. What was that about? Well, i had worked uh,
1: for Plan B several times before. I really liked Brad uh, on Jesse James, on Assassination of Jesse James. And it was the same director and obviously the same star and producing company there. I was in New Orleans uh, shooting Looper, remember that, that film, and they were shooting Killing Them killing Softly at the same time and they had an idea for just this one scene and they're like do you have a minute so i drove you know after i was done filming my day i drove over there to, sh- to shoot a scene and, and i don't think it ended up getting in the getting in the movie is why i'm on credit so sometimes i'm surprised those things show up and i'm surprised when people ask questions about it it's always yeah. these weird ones you're like ah uh so so that that's what that was it was a, a favor for friends you know, it's kind of a similar situation with Blonde coming up. You know, I'd work for, uh, it's again, Andrew Dominic, director, who I'm a big fan of and I, I really admire. And uh, over the years, I'd done a few, you know, readings with actresses looking for his Marilyn. He, had a, he really searched for a long time. So a lot of people, and when he would screen test, I might come in and read all the other parts. I like being a part of that stuff. And then I had worked with Anna... Darmus on this film called Sergio, who who shot in Jordan and Thailand. She's just a marvelous human being. I really like her a lot. I feel very broadly towards her. And I'm excited for all her success. She is so. Yeah, she's so great. She's so scary. (laughs) She was so scary in
0: that. Remember that Ben Affleck movie? She, She terrified me in that film. I haven't seen that one, but.
1: I saw her in Bond. Wasn't she a great agent? I think Gorgeous. She, was, she should be in, like, have her own spin off series of movies about that. She did great. But, uh, but anyway, you know, uh, he called me when I was in Jordan. I said, What do you think of Anna Damas, mate? You know, and I was like, Oh, she's marvelous. And, and he was thinking about her, this Cuban actress, you know, to finally be his Marilyn. So I screen tested with her when we got back to LA. Uh, and he put me in just a tiny little part, I, you know, it's it, I don't mind doing that. I, I like I like sort of, you know, just showing up and not telling anybody and having a good couple of days with my friends. So.
0: Well, speaking of tiny little parts, you've done this before, too. So you went out for the assassination of Jesse James for like a big role <laughs> and then you settled for the smaller role. Right. Well- Is that true?
1: Well, it was, it was, uh, I was cast in a different role. I was cast as Charlie Ford, uh, which was the, my uh, sort of biggest film role to date. But I had, I had shot a pilot earlier in the year that initially they said wasn't going to go. And then all of a sudden they decided to pick it up at the last minute. So to, to my heartbreak, I, I was no longer available for the length of the shoot of Jesse James so that they found a different role for me to play. Uh, <clears throat> But I do that, I'm a workaholic, and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't pay. Sometimes you need to say no to things. You know, you take jobs because you think, whoa, am I ever going to work again? And yeah, you, you will. You, know, you need to start <laughs> picking your projects a little better. But, you know, I, just, I was nervous. I think it was right after Deadwood, and I took the first job that came along and was happy it wasn't picked up, and then all of a sudden it was. What Any other was, embarrassing it, moments from my past you'd like to bring up?
0: Yes. Um, what <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want to talk about? The, movies I'm in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the TV role that you were doing that you had to uh, give up the big the big role for?
1: Uh, well, now I feel like I've dissed it, and now you want me to, to name it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, it was a short-lived series, uh, and it was it was fine. It was called Book of Daniel. I played yeah. Jesus Christ, um, but you know, it didn't last long because people were angry about it. They didn't even know what it was about, and they were angry about it. Uh, and we lost all advertisers by the end of the first episode, I think. So, so it lasted just the length of my shoot on Jesse James. I would fly back and forth between the two, and I was like, should have just, should have just played the other part. But, but Sam Rockwell stepped in to take over on uh, Jesse James and. Uh, he's so fantastic in it you know i watch the movie now i can't even imagine myself in it
0: oh that's interesting
1: he's so good i mean it's sam rockwell i know Sam rockwell doing us a favor you know what i mean pretty great
0: and talk about deadwood my second favorite person on the planet is timothy oliphant who actually i was his very first interview ever oh wow (laughs) I know his brother really well from the music business, and you know, he's just a great guy. So you've worked with him a bunch of times. Well, I guess Deadwood and uh Justified, right? Yeah. There?
1: So twice. But I like him. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, Deadwood Deadwood was an amazing experience. We we're all still very um connected from that experience you know I, I can't speak for tim or but it gave a lot of us careers you know i feel i feel like it gave me one you know i was busy and i was working i'd been working for a while but i hadn't done much television at that point and uh and david you know there's just no better writer It just there just isn't and uh in a way he ruined us i was talking with tim about this when we, we shot the uh, the deadwood movie years later because we've all kind of tried to turn every job we've had then into the same experience, which is, is unfair and also impossible, you know? Uh, but I think it also has made some of the things we've done a little better, you know, and, uh, and t- Tim agreed. I think he, he tried his best to sort of create the same atmosphere on uh, on justified, you know, very creative, very fluid, you know, taking cues from the surroundings you're in on the day to, to tinker with the scene and make it even, even more, uh, interesting and plausible. David's a master at that. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's the only job I've had where we would go on our days off to just watch, you know, I've, I've never had that before on another show where you just sort of, I just want to go hang out because you know magic is happening over here. It, it's, it's what we always thought acting was going to be like, or the movie business or, you know, it's the cyclical Creativity on set. It's just so much fun and so rewarding.
0: Yeah. Now, you went to New York University, got your MFA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now looking back on that, what do you think that's done for your career? Acting school is a weird thing.
1: You know, I, I loved it. I, I had almost no experience when I went there. I started acting, I thought, quite late. I just I took my first acting class in my last year of college, you know, just sort of as a lark. I you was know, terrified because I'm a pretty shy person, um, and to my surprise, I, I I loved it. I just loved it, and uh, I felt like, oh, this is what I want to do. And now I'm out. Thought I just don't know what I'm doing. You know, I gotta, I need some more training. So I I auditioned for a bunch of schools. I didn't have a lot of money at the time, so I I I like five of us crammed into this tiny dotson b210 and drove to san francisco where they were holding auditions and i just crashed any school that would see me you know like i'm sorry i don't have the entrance you know the application fee but i got monologues you know (laughs) and so the, you know a lot of a lot of schools wouldn't let me in you know understandably a lot of other kids there managed to find the fees and that's fair you know but nyu was among the three or four that did and I got into a few of those and I chose NYU because I'd never been east of Montana. That was it. Thank God I chose them because, you know, it's a very, uh, you know, a lot of people came to see your shows. Yeah. You know, we all, Some of us had agents before we were out of school, which was a real relief. You know, it was a real weight off your shoulders. So for me, I, it did a lot, you know, it gave me a place to practice. It kind of had a a family waiting for me in a, a very strange city to this small-town kid, you know. I, mean, I was in New York. It was overwhelming at first. Um, so I, I, I loved it, and I still have, you know, friends from my class to this day, and I'm still in touch with some of my old teachers who are still around, and I'm very grateful to them. There's, there's quite, a, quite a few amazing actors came out of there.
0: So who is in your graduating class?
1: You might know uh, Maren Hinkle. She, oh. she plays uh, the mom on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. To, oh,
0: yeah. To Oh, yeah. I interviewed her in her apartment, and we made chocolate together.
1: (laughs) Oh, how funny. Back in the day. She's great. We're still still very close.
0: Yeah, that's great. Where did you live when you went to NYU? Did you live in the city or?
1: All over the place. I probably couldn't have lived some of the places I live now, but I started out flopping with some friend in, in Park Slope. Was for a month or two uh, and then I've then I got a place in Jersey Jersey City with a few of my classmates and then I lived in the East Village I lived on the Bowery uh, you know it, it was one of those things for me there was a few days I didn't have a place because there was a year I would just doing sort of house sitting you see how it's going right and it's not <laughs> like I could speak poor or something but you know NYU was a bit out of my reach so I was I was fortunate to get a an assistantship, they called. I was like the janitor, yeah, the, the janitor student. I'd show up before everybody else and mop the floors and set out chairs for the day or build risers for the shows or something. And I got tuition for that and a little stipend. And, you know, I, I don't know where that come, came from. My, my parents were very hardworking people. And I just, they did a real good job of making me feel like, you know, I could always find a way, even if it was out of, I, I never felt like, maybe I had a little chip on my shoulder about it. It's like, well, I'm going to go there anyway. I'll show you. I was that kind of kid. Silly, but I enjoyed it a lot. And there was a few days that I, I, I didn't have like a kind of, I would go from house sit to house sit, but sometimes it'd be a day or two between them. So I'd have to just find some place. I slept in like a, under a stairwell, like in the, in the next place I was gonna live. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know where else to go and I was so tired so I just slept on these boxes under the stairwell and I, and I heard the guy leave this apartment I was going to take care of you know and I just laid there for and then I went upstairs and immediately went to bed but it was so fun and like I have a, such a romantic memory of it you know just ha- having this dream this thing that was so strong I wanted to do that nothing would stop me and, and nothing was depressing it was just it was exciting in a lot of ways, I miss that naive
0: enthusiasm. You know, because you just feel like nothing will stop me. <laughs> I think that's why you're such a good actor because you really need it. I mean, I have this philosophy about acting. I feel like you have to need it in order to do it. You can't just want it. You know what I mean?
1: Maybe so. I think. I think you also have to love people that's getting harder and harder to do these days you know you really have to want to tell a story that you know there's so many stories we see and that so many of us can relate to and you you forget that you know just how 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 diverse experiences are in this world you know and there's people can relate to captain Monroe on a lot of levels like oh i i'd like to work for this guy you know he said he was out walking his dog and the bank robbery happened here he is he's obviously a trojans fan you know he's a he's a mellow guy he likes he he's just one of the guys with his men but he's you know he's hard-nosed but fair whatever you know and people recognize that they're like i know someone like that or i know someone like bert or my family was like the chances you know we didn't have a lot of money but there was a lot of love you know, I think it's important for us in my business to remember, you know, who we're who we working for. In a lot of ways, you know, this, this, this can't exist in a vacuum, and you know, and, and and not to underestimate that, you know, identifiable quantity that is humanity, and it's important for people to to identify. It, it's 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 made me uh, calmer. You know what I mean? I, I feel calmer on screen, on set. It comes with experience too, you know, I, I feel really at home on a set and I know how to help and I know how to be creative and I can change things on the fly, but I think you gotta love people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of loving people, I wanna hear this story about how you met your wife.
1: Oh, all right, yeah. Yeah, sorry, my wife is a wonderful actress named Michelle Hurd. She's currently on the Star Trek Picard.
0: That little show.
1: yeah that little show with incredibly talented people on it and she's killing it her character's name is rafi and you know it's one of the it's exciting to see because you know i've always known what michelle can do you know she's always been capable of more than she's been given and she's been given quite a lot but she's been given a real complex character with this one and she's just killing it you know she's just destroying it and the fans again are really i identifying with that character you know she struggles she's not perfect she struggles with addictions she struggles with her emotions and her anger and you know she seems like a human being who's functioning in this very you know demanding situation but but we met long ago um, i was 96 maybe Uh, we both auditioned for the same play it was the last play ever done at a place called circle rep New York. Oh, yeah. Remember them? Yeah. They did a ton of amazing stuff. A lot of Lanford Wilson plays, you know, got their launch there. By the time we were there, they didn't have their space really anymore. Their theater was on like a floor of an office building. They didn't have their own theater. So it was kind of this small black box, and it was a play called 900 Oneonta, a sort of exploded Tennessee Williams (laughs) southern gothic thing. And we played uh, lovers in that. You know, I was some alcoholic, you know, uh, heir apparent to this to this plantation, and she was my my prostitute girlfriend. So that was just enraging my family because I was bringing her in, and she ends up owning the whole joint. But yeah, uh, first day rehearsal. It's a good cast. John Cryer's in it. Missy Pyle. And a lot of great people. <clears throat> I'm talking with Missy and. I'd never met Michelle before and she came in, it's a hot day in New York. She came in on her rollerblades. Ah, I love her already. Back in the day, she was always rollerblading and it was hot. And she was wearing like, you know, tiny shorts and like a tube top. And so, so on her blades, she was like nine feet tall, golden, you know, bronze and like, you know, super fit and friendly and just a smile from ear to ear. And I uh, you know, she she rollerbladed in. and I was just because like, <laughs> I looked ridiculous. I was like, oh, no, she's going to be so upset that she's going to have to kiss me in this thing. I look like an idiot. You know, my high water pants, my black shoes and white socks. What was I thinking? So I'm, that's what I was thinking. She, she, and and I, I could barely get a word out. And I turned back to keep speaking with with Missy. So she, she thought I was just some racist asshole. <laughs> she's like, oh, great. Sure, talk to the white girl. Yeah, I was just tongue-tied. We we joke a lot about our different perceptions of
0: that same moment. Uh, next time I, I meet her, I have to ask her her opinion of how you met. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was fun, though. You know, and so we, you know, we did the play and then asked her out later. I think we both were with people at the time. But, uh, soon after that, we were not. We've been together ever since.
0: So you worked together in Leap Years.
1: We did, that was about five years into our relationship. There was a TV show called Leap Years. I think it was my first contract role early, like 2000 maybe. I think 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. We shot that in uh, in Toronto uh, and we went in for the callback and we, we kind of pretended we didn't know each other because we were nervous that they, would, that they would be nervous to hire an actual couple. Huh. But we 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 got the call that we had it as we were walking back to our to our car.
0: <laughs> I think they should uh, give you a little roll on uh, Captain Picard. <laughs> Maybe, especially doing, with your little bald head right now, you and Patrick Stewart.
1: They're doing fine over there. I I, I think they've yeah they've they've shot they've shot everything they're going to shoot. But, uh, can't wait for you to see all of it.
0: Oh, I know, I know. And I can't wait for everything that's coming out for you. You're so busy. Well, that's good to hear. You know,
1: I don't know if actors ever feel super busy. I was, you know, it always seems like every gig's your last, you know. But, <laughs> but it's, been a good, it's been a good year. You know, I, I, I think the uh, pandemic, as, as many mistakes as actors made during the pandemic, uh, it made us all real hungry once we got out. And Ambulance was one of the first ones I shot you know out of it we was still protocols were still very strict but i think michael was just itching to shoot something as well and mm. our both both of us enjoy this sort of run and gun style so it was, it was a good match i hope i get to work with him again
0: yeah absolutely so aside from that the high octane action of ambulance what else do you want audiences to come away with
1: i, I want them to have a good time and i want them to uh you know, be caught up in the story. I, I think this story makes makes sense. You know, and uh, I think uh, Asa Gonzalez gives a star turn as the, as as the pairman I think she's in this movie. I don't, you know, I can't say I've seen everything she's been in. I just met her on this, but she's obviously blindingly gorgeous. And I think in this movie, she proved that that's not all she is. You know, she always knew that, but sometimes business life to pigeonhole you and i, I think we're going to see her i hope she remembers me <laughs> she's, oh. about, she's about to she's about to blow up big time you know what i mean i think she did great and i thought uh i thought jake and yaya were really good jake jake's really good at um at uh he, he he's just he's a really good communicator he's like a theater actor almost in the way he he deals with language and uh, i i appreciated that he trusted the audience enough to go like, like the scene where he lets the cop into the bank, you know, and the the turn on his face, but I, I appreciated that he was, he was, he was a good actor in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like his character was a good enough actor. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't have to telegraph anything to the audience that they, they knew he was fooling this guy, you know, and he did it in a way that was, was believable. So I think, I think, you know, Michael assembled a really good cast is what he did and then he shot the hell out of it. Cool. Well, it was such a thrill to meet you. I'm so excited. Hope I didn't gab on too long. It's nice to meet you too.
0: No, not at all. And I can't wait to see whatever you're shooting in Kentucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll like it. Me and Orlando Bloom are over here. Oh. <laughs> He's real nice. Handsome. Thank you, you
0: Garrett. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Take good care. You too. I'm sorry, brother. it's the best of me. Sorry that I brought you into this.
1: Always new. Always refreshing. Always candid.
0: Always billing about.
1: Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. <laughs> to
0: you. To you.